0: What a great day to be worshiping. Honored that you are with us today. I'm honored to be able to stand in front of you today and bring the word of the Lord. I want to speak to you this morning from the book of Mark, the second chapter, and I'm going to just read a couple of verses for now. If you want to stay with me, I would recommend you mark your Bibles in our text this morning for we will return back into this text a time or two this morning as I am Working my way through what I feel the Lord is wanting to speak to the church. Mark chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noised that he was in the house. It was rumored. People talked about it. They. They heard Jesus was back and he was in the house. Verse 2 And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. With the help of the Lord this morning, I want to speak to you for a little while and and let the the Spirit just speak to your heart this morning from this subject, a familiar face in Capernaum. A familiar face in Capernaum. I'm going to ask you to pray with me this morning that the Lord will open our hearts, clear our minds, remove distractions, and help us this morning to hear what the Spirit wants to say to each of us this morning. Would you pray that prayer with me this morning? God, we thank you. And we honor you this morning for meeting with us in this house, for your spirit that we sense here. God, we feel your presence, and Lord, we have your word today. I'm praying this morning that you open every mind to receive, God, the deep things of the word. Lord, let your spirit wash over us this morning and make us pliable and workable. Lord, as clay on the potter's wheel, that you would work in our lives and help us. Lord, uh, help us to see what you are wanting us to see and hear what you are wanting us to hear. Speak life into each of us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. You could be seated. sitting beside the Sea of Galilee is the town of Capernaum. Capernaum was witnessed to the greatest sermons ever preached. Capernaum was witness to the greatest miracles ever performed. No city, no town on planet Earth was ever more important to the ministry of Jesus than was that, town of Capernaum. Only Jerusalem could get more attention than Capernaum. No spot on earth was graced with more preaching of Jesus. No town saw more signs or experienced more miracles than the town of Capernaum. It was an important place. The Gospel of Mark gives us a glimpse into an average day in Capernaum. In Mark chapter 1, the scripture begins with verse number 21. He said, and they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered into the synagogue, and he taught in Capernaum. And they were astonished at his teachings, for he taught them as one having authority And not as the scribes. Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit. He cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then They were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey. And immediately the fame of Jesus spread throughout all of the region around Galilee. Now, as soon as they come out of the synagogue, he entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and immediately the fever left her and she served them. And then at evening, when the sun had set, they brought him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick. With various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they all knew him. That was an average day in Capernaum. Capernaum is the second most frequently mentioned place in the Gospels. Matthew chapter 4, verse 13: Jesus went there and there to find his first disciples, Peter and Andrew the sons of Zebedee. Matthew 4, 18 through 22 said he taught in their synagogues. John chapter 6, verses 24 through 59 said he directed Peter to find a coin in the mouth of a fish so that he would be able to pay the tax collectors. Aren't you glad God always provides? In Matthew chapter 17, in verses 24, he says that he lodged there in Peter's house. He healed the sick and he taught the people. But as Jesus left Capernaum, he condemned condemned them for their spiritual indifference. Stay with me just for a moment. Capernaum was not antagonistic. They were merely indifferent. Jesus rebuked them for becoming indifferent. May I have your attention just for a moment. They did not deny Jesus. They merely, quietly ignored Him. They played on on their cell phones as Jesus taught. They tossed the kids and played back and forth in the pews while he taught in the synagogue. They were thinking about what they had done this week and they were thinking about what they had on the agenda for next week. And although Jesus all but called them out for being on their cell phone while he was teaching, Jesus let it slide. He simply condemned them They they weren't against him. They didn't deny him. They actually just ignored him. They had become so accustomed to Jesus being with them, to him teaching and healing and casting out demons, that it had become so normal to them that it was as if they did not even recognize that Jesus was here. They gave no special honor, no special respect. They went about their day because I read to you what an average day in Capernaum would look like when Jesus was in town. They became so accustomed to him being there and all the things that he did that they didn't rebel against him. They merely had other things like ball games that were more important. They had other things like lunch plans and oh yeah, that special project they were working on, the ship they were building, the tents they were making, the carpentry that had to be done, they, they were all busy, they were cleaning house, they were washing dishes, they were planning a shopping trip because of course it was about Christmas time I'm sure, They were thinking about the sales they missed on Black Friday and the lack of money that they had for the next week. They didn't rebel against Jesus. They merely had other things that had become so important to them it had gradually slipped in until they simply quit paying attention to the fact that Jesus was with them and He rebuked them for their indifference. When Jesus rebuked them, it meant he became a little bit angry. They could take him or leaving. They were ho-hum about Jesus. They, they had not necessarily even heeded his call to repentance. He would teach to them and talk to them about repentance, talk to them about the kingdom that was to come, but while he was even teaching, their minds wandered, and they were thinking about all the other things in life. Jesus got fed up with it. He's like, I have done miracles. I've cast out devils. I have healed the sick. I have provided for you. I have raised the dead. I have done all of these amazing things and you don't even pay attention to the fact that I'm even in town. The town of Capernaum ignored the many changed lives around them. This is what happened on a single Sabbath evening in Capernaum shortly after the Sermon on the Mount was preached, and such scenes appeared to have been common. We read a little further in the same Gospel of Mark, chapter 3. And Jesus spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude. Lest they throng him, for he had healed many, insomuch that they pressed about him. They filled a house to capacity where he couldn't come, where, where where they couldn't put more people in. But the majority didn't even know he was in town, or didn't care that he was in town. And yet again, Mark tells how they went into a house and the multitude cometh together so that they could not as much as even, he says, eat bread. One writer said there were so many that they couldn't fit more into the house. Capernaum was witness to more of the miracles of Christ than any other spot on earth. Think about that. Jesus made his headquarters In this beautiful, prosperous fishing village on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, he performed more miracles and preached more sermons in and around Capernaum than any other place of his entire ministry. It was there that he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead and he healed the nobleman's son all in Capernaum. He was a familiar face in Capernaum. It wasn't that they didn't know who he was. Oh, they knew who he was. They knew his power. They heard his teachings. They understood this. It was here that he had even cast out devils and healed the demoniac. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. He healed two blind men. The centurion's servant was brought back to life. The dumb demoniac was healed and spoke again. The paralytic who was lowered through the roof by his friends. It was all done in Capernaum. It was Capernaum where he fled to when he was rejected by the people in Nazareth. In Capernaum, he heals the paralytic. He calls Matthew to be his disciples. His disciple, he, he, he taught in their synagogue in Capernaum is where he defies the law of the Sabbath and was quickly criticized because no matter how many miracles that he did, there was always somebody on the sideline that was going to be critical. So they criticized Jesus, yet he continued to do many marvelous works. They ridiculed him for eating with tax collectors and sinners there. In Capernaum, it's where his disciples forsook him. In Capernaum, he raised to life the death of Jairus' daughter. In Capernaum, he healed the blind and cast out evil spirits. Jesus said that the miracles he performed in Capernaum were so amazing. This is the words of Jesus now. Are you with me? Jesus says this about Capernaum. He said, if the miracles that I did in Capernaum were done in Sodom, Sodom would have believed and would have remained until this day. Think about that. That was Jesus' words. He said, if all the things I did for you was done in Sodom, Sodom would never have burned with fire and brimstone. They would have believed. Because the people of Sodom would have repented and turned to God and been spared destruction. But the people of Capernaum, they never persecuted Jesus. Few of them ever criticized Him, only the religious They never mocked him, ridiculed him. They never ran him out of town. I never find where they threatened his life there. They never mocked him. Yet their sin may have been worse than those cities that did such atrocities against him. Theirs was not a sin of violence or immorality, but Jesus called it out for what it was. Jesus looked at them. And he said, you've become so accustomed to my presence, so accustomed to me being here, so accustomed to the miracles, to raising the dead, to healing blind eyes, to feeding people, to doing all of these things that I've done, and you have become indifferent toward me. They had become so familiar with his presence that Jesus had become no big. When we are uninterested or even casual at the presence of God, it is time that we go back to a point and get reacquainted with passion about just simply being in his presence. We who were not a people are brought nigh by the blood of Jesus. We now are a royal generation, a chosen priesthood, a holy nation. We who did not know God now have the opportunity to know God. We who could not even feel or know or be around his presence now can walk boldly into the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in time of trouble. We who were lost and undone now can come and sit in heavenly places together with him we who were lost and undone and broken and distraught now have Jesus working on our behalf we need to become familiar with his presence but we need to recognize it is an honor and a privilege to be in the house of the Lord if you have become indifferent toward him you need to revisit the cross and see his blood running down the nails in his hands the scars in his side the crown of thorns on his head you need to hear the moans on the cross oh come on somebody we need to become reacquainted with the passion of Christ so that we can become passionate about him and the fact that his blood has set us free we now are more than overcomers we need to not become indifferent but we need to be passionate about being in his presence, being in his glory. I don't ever want to come and sit through another service and allow the presence of God to move and I sit unmoved and untouched and claim that I'm non-emotional. I know you're not I know you may not be one that is emotional as others but I come to tell you this morning I'm reaching to the one that is indifferent I'm reaching to the one that pays little attention through service. I'm coming to the one that allow the altar call to go by and not engage. Let's worship go by and doesn't clap a hand, doesn't sing a stanza, doesn't worship, I'm coming after you this morning and telling you, come on, we need to get passionate about the presence of God being in our midst. If nothing else, the Apostle Paul says, I stir up my pure mind by way of remembrance. For some of us this morning, we need to just stop and remember where we were. Do you remember where you were when God found you? Do you remember how deep in sin that you were when his mercy came running after you? When his grace found you, when he reached to where you were in a lifestyle of sin, in a lifestyle that was, oh, come on, somebody, we need to remember the pit from which we were digged. We need to remember where the Lord reached down and brought us from. And therefore, when we have an opportunity to be in his presence, we don't ever need to have a rebuke from Jesus for being cold and indifferent. I don't want to become so familiar with him that I'm passive about being in his presence. When his spirit it walks in the room I want everything about me to change I want my attitude to change I want to see the atmosphere change because when Jesus walks in I don't want to recognize him as the king as the Lord I don't want to become so familiar with him that I become passive and indifferent about him and for those of us who perhaps God hasn't brought us out of a life of sin. Let me talk to those of us that live on my street. That was born on a church pew. That haven't known the depth of sin. That don't know what addiction feels like. Let me talk to those of us that have been born in and around wheat live and we run a greater risk and live at greater danger of becoming, of becoming a Capernaum and, and, and looking at the presence of God as though, ah, if, if not this week, we'll catch it next week. If not this altar call, we'll catch it next altar call. If not praying today, we'll pick it up tomorrow because we become so familiar with Him and so used to Him. We need to look around us. I come this morning to tell you we need to break down every wall of pride because you're no better than anybody else it is but the the grace of God there go uh, you and I we could be there as well but God has not brought us out from it but he kept us from it we have a testimony of what God kept us from of what God brought us uh, not what God brought us out of but what he protected us from and we run a greater risk of him just becoming another familiar face in our daily lives. The Holy Ghost is moving in this house this morning. The Lord is in this house this morning. Because I know when God begins to deal with me about a specific subject, I walked to this platform this morning knowing I felt the weight of this message as I walked to this platform this morning because there's some of us that are becoming so indifferent that we are becoming, it is a danger to our future. It is a danger to our salvation because we just drift through a service. We walk through a service. We're more interested in getting out the other side of it than we are what happens. In it, listen. We ought, as we begin our worship, it is a call to be an engaged. And as we come to the preach word, it is to deal with our minds and our thoughts and our spirit and draw us to a point of decision. But the altar, everything that happens in the tabernacle is all centered around one place, it is the altar because without the altar, we have nothing. I come this morning to speak to every person that has drifted into a cold and indifferent attitude toward God. Become reacquainted with the altar. Put down whatever you are doing. Set everything aside and if you don't do anything else in a service, that 10, 15, 20 minutes that we walk to the front of this building at the conclusion of every service ought to be the time that you come and say, this is the moment that I must engage to make sure that he doesn't become just another friendly face in Capernaum, but he needs to be recognized as my Lord, and my God, and my Savior, and my Redeemer, and my soon coming King, and my protector, and my healer, and my way maker, and if I have nothing to ask him for, I ought to have a praise in my heart just to give to him. Familiarity caused Jesus' teaching to only mildly interest them, and his miracles only seemed to barely entertain them. His teachings now never rend their hearts, his truth never changed their minds, his warning about sin never provoked repentance. His offer of salvation never induced their faith. I'm preaching to somebody today that has allowed Jesus to become a familiar face in your daily life until the point that you don't even recognize when you speak his name and he's there. When he meets with you, when he makes a way for you, you take for granted and think it's because you're so important, because you're so intellectual, because you're so gifted. I come this morning to speak against every ounce of familiarity this morning until you become reacquainted with the awesomeness of God, with the power of God, become in awe of it when you walk in the doors of this building and they begin to sing. There needs to be a, we need to become reacquainted with the awesomeness of God. I know we're moving into the Christmas season. Get ready for what is going to happen in January. If you're new here and you've never been part, I want you to plan to be part. Starting on the 3rd of January, we're going to begin a 40 day leg of what we do every year. We call the Daniel's Fast. It is a time for us to focus on fasting for everyone in the church specifically everyone that serves in any capacity in this church we are calling you into a 21 day leg of the fast that you will pick up in mid and late January and then we're going to go together with this through prayer and fasting we're going to be at the church over a 40 day span of time. We're going to be praying together. We're going to be seeking God together. We're not going to come to to see what each other's wearing. You can come in your work clothes, but we're going to come together. There's one reason because we want to get away from him being familiar to him being precious. We want to move away from it just being another humdrum uh, service to every time we walk in. Ah, look at him high and lifted up. Look at him exalted look at him, I've got to lift him up I've got to praise him we need to become familiar with him yes, but not so familiar that we lose the awesomeness of his presence nevertheless Jesus just kept going back to Capernaum he scolded them about their indifference he rebuked them about their indifference The Bible said he went again into Capernaum. If you notice with me the process of his miracles and his ministry, you will find that each time that he went back to Capernaum, his anointing was just a little bit greater. If you begin in Mark chapter 1, you see they entered the seventh day and he taught them. Then if in verse 23, there was a man of the, uh, with an unclean spirit that cried out. He rebuked him, saying, hold your peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. Verse 27 said, for with authority he commanded even the unclean spirits, and they obeyed him. Verse 28 says, and immediately his fame spread all throughout Galilee, but then Watch the second miracle that picks up in verse 30. Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever. And he came and took her by the hand and immediately her fever left. And at evening when the sun set, they brought all that was diseased. Watch the pro- progress. Watch, watch how his, his anointing progressed. Watch how his, his miracles became more and more powerful. And then in verse 33 it says, All the city was gathered round about and he healed many that were sick of all sorts of diseases. And then in chapter 2, again he enters into Capernaum after some time. And they began to bring him those that were sick of the palsy. And when they couldn't even get nigh to the door, they began to break up the roof to get him, to get that man down to where Jesus was. Watch the, the 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 increase in anointing. There is something I want you to note in our text today. They didn't lack faith on his first visit to Capernaum. He did many miracles and he healed all manner of diseases. But when he returned again unto Capernaum, there was power so great that it drew people to him to the point that there was no room to receive him. Why is it important? Why is what I'm preaching this morning important to CLC? Why is it important to every person in this room? Here is why. Because when you lose your awe of God, when you, when He just becomes another familiar face in the crowd on a friendly day, when, when, it, when it just becomes humdrum to you, you're not going to affect anybody anywhere. But when your testimony starts burning in you, and you start saying I remember where He brought me from, I remember where He delivered me from, I, do, I remember where He... I when we begin to give him honor and give him praise and we start talking about the Sunday service and the Wednesday Bible study and we start getting, you know what? Somebody at work starts saying, I gotta go find out what this is about. Somebody gets fired up over here and you fire somebody up over there. This is why it's important because a cold and indifferent spirit will never attract revival. But let somebody get on fire and start talking about what God's doing. They're gonna start bringing people with them they're going to start affecting everybody around them so much they broke up the roof I come with a word for this church today we have experienced a great wave of revival baptized around 50 people this year and we have had many people to come and to see what this church is about but I believe that the second wave of revival that is right in front of us is going to be greater because when he comes again to CLC with the next wave of revival get ready there is no telling what's going to happen they're going to come from the highways and the byways your family's going to come the backsliders are going to come back You've got to start believing for it. you got to start thanking him for it. you got to start expecting it, not just letting him be another friendly and familiar face at CLC, but we're in awe of him. Oh, come on, somebody lift up the name of the Lord this morning. Some of you know what it's like to be anointed, but I'm telling you the second wave of anointing is always going to be greater than the first wave of anointing. You know what it's like to see miracles, but get ready. The next wave of miracles are going to be greater than anything we've ever experienced before. I know we call you forward every service. Conclusion of preaching, give you an opportunity to respond, give you an opportunity to come to the front. But that's not wasted because every visit from God should take you to a new place in Him. If it's not taking you to the next place in Him, to the next step in Him, it isn't His fault. It's that we have become indifferent. Just another song service. Just another worship service. Just another message. Just another altar call. But when we start saying, ah, I got a feeling there is a word from the Lord. I know I've heard Mark chapter 2 preach before, but there is a fresh rhema word that's coming from God into my spirit. I've got to be on my toes, listening, waiting. i got to have my feelers out. i got to be ready to know what God is doing. I want to know I need to find it. I'm going to rush to that altar. I'm going to seek his face. I'm going to go to the next level because I don't want him to become just another familiar face in my life, but I want to know Him in the power of His resurrection. I want to know Him in a way that I have never known Him before. Every visit to the altar ought to be more powerful. Every church service, oh, I know we all have ups and downs, but you need to look over your life and say, am I living in a stagnant I'm just living in a constant. No, I'm not rejecting God. No, I'm not living a life of sin. No, I'm not. But I have just become stagnant in my walk with Him. I'm preaching to you this morning. If altar call comes and goes and you're able to sit through it without really feeling a call to prayer, it is because he's just become another familiar face. Well, I'm waiting for that evangelist that comes and tells the story and causes me to cry and touches my emotions. And Oh, no. Nothing wrong with emotions because God has always worked through emotions. Nothing wrong with intellect, but your understanding alone is not going to get any anything for you that you can't just do on your own what you need is to become reacquainted let your heart be resaturated Jesus spoke to one of the churches in the book of Revelation and he said you got a lot of good things about you, but there's one thing that I've noticed about you. You have left your first love. Remember, remember when you couldn't wait to be in the house of the Lord, when you couldn't wait to tell somebody about the change in your life but after a while he becomes a familiar face we become indifferent and we soon forget that all the things we've tried all of our life to do on our own we now are back doing it on our own we're not rejecting him neither did Capernaum we're not refusing him we're not running him out we're not cursing him We may be faithful, we may be paying our tithing and working in ministry and doing all the above, but we have become so familiar with Him that we've lost our awe of Him. Every head in this building bowed and every eye in this building closed right now. I'm reaching to the heart of every person in this room this morning that knows that your pastor has spoken to you. God sent me with a word this morning to prepare you for what He wants to do in your life. I'm opening these altars this morning and making available an opportunity for you to walk to the front of this room, but I don't want you to do it because of me. But if you want that passion to burn in your life, God bless these that are already moving this morning. If you want that passion to burn afresh and new in your life, I want you to step from where you are and walk to the front of this room and declare I am not going through another service, through another day of just letting him be another familiar face in my life. God bless you for responding. Oh God, what a great response this morning. There's room for everybody. I feel the spirit of God drawing. The Bible says no man can come to him except the spirit draw him and that spirit is drawing this morning. Why don't you respond to what God is doing in your life? Come on, turn this house into a prayer room for just a moment. Just spend a few minutes getting reacquainted with Him. Let those that fire and passion burn afresh and new in your life. Come on, open your mouth and cry out to Him this morning. Lift your hands toward heaven. And, him know, God, I'm here humbled before you. Make this your prayer today. Come on, lift your voice and cry out to the Lord, CLC. Come on, pray with passion. Pray with fervency this morning. Let the Holy Ghost move through you this morning. Fresh fire, fresh passion. Come on, that's it. Let's break through in our prayer this morning. Break through in our prayer this morning. Come on, let's press through today. That's it. That's it. Press through today. Open your mouth. Speak boldly. Speak bold faith this morning. Declare, I'm never going to be the same again.
1: I'm never going to be the same.
0: heaven's rejoicing this morning. There's folks that don't are breaking me, through. No, There's people that are pushing me. through this morning. Never gonna be the same. Never gonna be the same. Don't Come on, find somebody to join your heart with this morning. Reach over, take that neighbor, lay a hand on that neighbor. Agree together with them right now.
1: Come on, we're never going to lose our own.
0: Morning. This is your moment. This is your moment for a breakthrough. Help me know you Come on, let him feel you fresh and anew this morning.
1: be no